Welcome back to The Coop with Meyer Hatchery, where we talk all things poultry in hopes of educating crazy chicken keepers and inspiring future flock owners. I'm Kendra. And I'm Jeff. And today we're sharing 10 lessons learned from having a backyard flock. Ask any chicken keeper and they'll tell you a thing or two their chickens have taught them. That's right. The idea of raising chicks versus reality can be a bit different than you may have imagined. And so to help new chicken keepers prepare and in hopes of giving you seasoned pros a laugh, we've rounded up 10 lessons learned from keeping a backyard flock. Number one is home raised eggs will change your life. Okay. I know that when you first start raising chickens or you're telling your friends and family about your eggs, nobody believes you how good they are, despite how much raving you do, until they eat them themselves. So I've had several friends who have given eggs to, and of course, they always come back and say, okay, you were right, Kendra. These were really good. And it's not necessarily just like a flavor difference, the color of the yolk, the texture of the yolk, like when you're making sunny side up eggs the yolk holds so much better in home-raised chickens versus store-bought eggs. And then two, the eggshells. So our eggshells are really strong and hard to crack. And it makes such a difference when you're used to the brittle store eggs. And so there are just so many differences. And then winter will hit and your chickens will stop laying and you'll have to maybe purchase a carton of eggs from the store. And when you do that, your heart breaks a little inside. You have that moment of sadness because they truly are different. We didn't even eat the eggs. You're nuts because you hatched them. We're hatching them. So we never had the eggs. We had all these 100 chickens. We never ate the eggs. That was a sad, sad life, Jeff. (laughs) (laughs) You missed out on how truly good eggs are from home raised Because I was thinking about it. You're talking about it. It's like, okay, when was the last time I had a farm egg? That's why your heart is sad. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like, uh, number two, chickens are surprisingly smart. How so, Jeff? (laughs) Now your chickens know who feeds them. When I open the door and their heads all pop up, they look up, see who's there, and then they start running at you. They know who you are. I've had that happen with broilers where I had a pen of probably 25 and with broilers, you feed them on 12 off 12. So when I went out in the morning to feed them up, they all pop and they come at you at a, in a wave, a white wave, just coming mm-hmm. running at you because you have the feed, but yeah, they know who feeds them and they become attached to you. Our flock is the same when it comes to feeding. I'm the one that takes care of them and feeds them. And when I'm out there, they really pay no attention to me unless I have food. However, if somebody else goes out there or we've had neighbors come and help take care of our flock, they're definitely more aware of strangers on our property and will either run from them or we've actually had a rooster attack one of our neighbors once. Another way chickens are surprisingly smart is they know when to return to the coop. 
And so this does take a little bit of training up front usually, um, but my flock is really good. And now that I have a well-established flock, when I add new birds to them, they catch on quickly. You know, they see the whole, when I open that sliding door for morning feeding time and all my flock bolts out that door, the newbies quickly catch on and realize, hey, the rest of the birds are running this way. Maybe I should be too. And they'll come out and eat or drink. Um, And again, it does take a little bit of training up front, but they will catch catch on pretty quickly and return to the coop regularly. And then in another surprisingly smart way, I do have a couple hens. So I've talked about my setup before where I have my main coop in the back and then I have like another smaller coop that has no outdoor access. And I use that for my rotating coop if I'm introducing new flocks or it will be my like breeder pen. So currently I have a couple hens in there right now and I've transitioned them to the full flock, but they there's a tiny hole in our fencing between the two and they've caught on to this opening and they continue to come back to the main coop that they were raised in. So now there's turkeys in there and every day I go out there and there's a hen waiting. I have to pick her up and take her out. And now that coop does have a small opening at the top that we never fenced in. So I have a barred rock in particular that knows how to jump from their main coop through the fencing into that secondary internal coop. And now she roosts at the top. So when I open the door in the morning to go in to feed, she flies down and pops out and goes out the front door (laughs) all on her own. And then at night she finds her way back to the coop. And then again, every morning she's back through. So she goes through two pens to get out into our main barn and she roosts there. And despite my best efforts to put her back, she always finds her way. And so of course, I just really need to repair the fencing. But you know, that's like the last thing on my list for this one bird. So once they've learned a trick or a way through an area, they are resilient and they will continue to do that until you either mend the fencing or relocate them permanently. So a little bit smarter than you would imagine. Number three, one of your chickens will die a mysterious death. Unfortunately, with chickens, they're animals and sometimes they just die for no good reason. And it can be heartbreaking. It can be puzzling. It can be mysterious. It could be what in the world is happening. Now, most times you can contribute a death of one of your chickens to predators. And so there's a lot of good information out there online, or I know Gail Damero has a book specific to predators to help you identify what's happened. But we did have a case where we had some headless chickens inside of our coop and we could not find where a predator was getting in. And most likely it would have been a raccoon if they were headless. And we searched and we looked high and low, could not find a couple of weeks later, completely fine. No one else in the flock had issues. It was one instance of two chickens and it was so weird. And since then, I mean, we've raised chickens for years now, and that's the only case that has ever happened. So unless the raccoon got hit crossing the road or something like that and <laughs> never came back, then that would answer the question. But we really couldn't find any predator tracks. There was no feathers outside. The heads were completely gone. We searched the perimeter, just absolutely nothing. And then there was another case where this may be a little morbid, 
our before we had separated our coop out in the barn, they just kind of had like free range of our entire barn. And we had stored some different items in there, just like outside equipment and things and some cinder blocks. And we finally got tired of the dust and the poop everywhere and said, okay, we're going to, you know, redo the barn and we're going to put in fencing and limit them to a particular area. So while cleaning out the barn, I went to move a cinder block and a chicken had run through the cinder block hole and gotten stuck in there and died. And we had no idea. It was like under a bunch of stuff in the way back of the barn. And so you pulled the chicken out and the chicken was literally square from being stuck in that cinder block hole. How she got in there, we have no idea. The force it would have taken to put her in that cinder block hole, she had to have been running. But running from what? (laughs) I mean, it's an enclosed barn. So they were safe. They weren't outside. It was such another weird, mysterious death that to this day, we have no answers for. So as a season keeper, know that mysterious deaths will happen. And it doesn't mean that you're a bad chicken keeper. Things just happen unexplainably. I feel like we need some creepy like crime scene music (laughs) (laughs) behind this section. The organ playing in the background. (laughs) Now on to a lighter note. Number four. You cannot outrun a chicken. Chickens are incredibly hard to catch. They run quick. And so my solution when you're trying to catch a flighty chicken is a fishing net. That's what I use now. I use one of those handy-dandy chicken snatchers. It's a handle, wooden handle, with about a three or four-foot long pole with a hook at the end. And that works really well to grab around a leg and stop it, and then you can get it. I've seen our barn staff use those to catch hens in our breeding barn. It is quick. They're good with those things. I feel like I'd probably poke my eye out in the attempt of getting them and then face planting, but... If you can use one of those and use it properly, all right, makes getting your chicken quick and easy. But here I am with a fishing net, like I'm catching butterflies out there doing laps around the barn. Yeah, I've tried to run down a chicken and it doesn't work. The worst (laughs) is chickens are hard, but the absolute worst bird to catch is a guinea. Mm. Those are... I've shut them in the barn once to try to catch them. Bad idea because of the amount of dust that ended up flying up. I had black boogers for like a month after that. (laughs) They are so flighty and their noise, man, they're hard to catch. I have a turkey I have to catch and I'm going to be honest. I'm a little afraid because they're strong and they have a lot bigger wings than a chicken does. If you've ever been hit in the face with a chicken wing, you know what I'm talking about. And I'm so afraid it's going to flap, you know, as soon as I go in to get it and I'm going to leave with a black eye. If you have good tips for catching birds, join our exclusive Facebook group Inside the Coop. (laughs) Jeff is laughing at me. Inside the Coop and tell us what's your best methods for catching big birds. We would love to know. Yes, we would. All right. On to number five. Your yard and or garden will never be the same. Chickens scratch the ground a lot. 
We fight about this all the time because I like my chickens to free range. But if you free range, then you typically have to fence off anything else that you want protected, like your garden. And so they also are really attracted to fresh dirt. So anytime you till or you're planting something and you have fresh dirt, they'll love to go over and scratch it up. So we've lost plenty of like freshly planted rhubarb. They like to dig in those holes and dig up everything. Um, Tulip bulbs that you plant in the fall, they'll go through and dig all of those up. I bought some really expensive apple trees last May. We planted them out behind the house and added a bunch of new compost in there and they've dug those up to the roots. So yeah. And wherever you feed them, a lot of times when we feed them outside, the spot they eat is just completely bare from them scratching it up. So if you're an urban chicken keeper and are keeping up with the Joneses and like to keep that nice pristine green yard, you may want to consider a chicken run. Um, If you come to my house, my theory is <laughs> we have a lot of animals. And so, you know, when you're walking out in our yard, you're typically going to step in a hole. One of the dogs dug up chasing a mole. You'll fall over a snow shovel that the kids drug out into the yard and left. And now the snow is melted and no one's picked it up. So what's a few bare spots from some chickens? But what I did was I made chicken tractors so that my yard wouldn't be a total disaster. I just kind of Googled it. Uh, took some scrap lumber that I had, bought some good, you need good fencing. If you don't have good fencing, you're going to lose them to coons and stray animals. But it's a great way to preserve your yard because you just move the tractor every few days and it gives the lawn time to regrow and get over what the chickens did to it. Number six, your backyard flock is entertaining and educational. How this plays out for me, what we did was we got into poultry, and I've said this before, because of 4-H and our local county fair and all that. The educational part of it is, especially with your children, giving them responsibility, having them go out every day and take care of them, helping them to grow as a person. Your chickens will help you with that. And I'm a big fan of chickens and children. They learn. They learn to care. They learn that um, sometimes the chickens die and they learn that lesson. There's a lot of good lessons that you can learn from chickens. They are great for responsibility, but on the flip side, they're also very entertaining. So I can't tell you how many people stop to either buy eggs or for whatever reason, they swing by the house and our flock is in the front yard and they're always captivated by the chickens and how many chickens we have and how many different kinds of chickens. And so I always say chickens are such a great conversation starter, even with our friends and family that have chickens as well. It's always like, oh, well, what's that one? Or how are your chickens doing? It always becomes a conversation. And two, I've seen so many people, especially with COVID this past year, investing in a flock for backyard entertainment, really. I mean, there's something for you and your kids to do together. It's relaxing just sitting out in your yard at the end of the night, sun setting, watching your chickens roam around the yard. I've seen a lot of people use them as therapy pets um, for people with disabilities or veterans. There's so many different aspects to a chicken that really suits anyone's needs or anyone's position. Yeah, I've had a lot of calls where people said, yeah, I'm tired of watching TV, so I'm getting chickens. (laughs) And you go. That's pretty entertaining, but I'm also easily amused. So I guess it depends on that as well. (laughs) Jeff is face palming right now. (laughs) Number seven, you will always leave the coop with chicken poop on you. (laughs) Yeah. 
Uh, it happens. Not sure how. Sometimes you go into the coop, the chickens are on the other side, and somehow you get it on you. It's on your legs. It's on your pants. You look down at your shoe, and there is chicken poop on the top of it, which there shouldn't have been, but there is. <laughs> it's not a bad thing if you've had kids, so you kind of know how you know life happens, but it will happen to you if you have chicken. And it starts at a very young age because when you get baby chicks and you have to deal with pasty butt, that's where you realize you're holding your chicken under the water in a faucet, trying to clean it. And you're thinking to yourself, what in the heck did I just get myself into? Then you get past that pasty butt phase and then they turn into teenagers who you like to play with out in the yard and they're jumping up on you and you're trying to feed them treats to get them you know, used to you and family friendly. And then sure enough, you always end up with chicken poop. They poop right on you, in your hand, on your pants, all over your shoes. I always am careful not to wear any of my good shoes out to the coop. And I've had many times where I'm like, oh, I just have to run out there and open the door. I just have to run out and give them, you know, this extra kitchen scraps or something like that. Like, I'll just wander out in my slippers. I'll wander out. Don't do it. You will always end up with chicken poop on your shoes, especially if you're like me in free range. It's guaranteed. But on the flip side, it leads us to number eight. They each have their own personalities and you'll be surprised at just how attached you'll get. We hear it all the time, especially new chicken keepers or if your spouse is a little reluctant to getting chickens. People say chickens are just chickens. Birds are just birds. But they really do each develop their own personality and different characteristics. And you are more than likely going to get attached to at least one of them during your time raising chickens. And I have been victim to this. So our original three, we ended up with one, you know, after predator attacks, introduced a new flock. And so our original OG chicken that stayed with us for about seven years, we ended up calling her grandma because she was the oldest chicken in our flock. And she was the one that I was definitely attached to because when you're out in the garden, she was always next to you. She always came when you called. She was always first to get treats. I mean, she was like the pet chicken and we took really good care of her and always gave her special attention. And when she passed away, can't believe I'm going to admit this, but I cried. I cried when she died and I took her out and I buried her in the woods next to a pet dog of ours. So she has like her own little spot. And that's probably the the only chicken I've ever been attached to like that. I know a lot of people raise them as pets and get really upset when things happen. But and that was grandma the chicken for me. Now we have so many chickens that we have a couple that I've given names to just out of, you know, humor because they do something silly and then they catch a kind of a nickname, I guess I would say. But since then, I haven't really been attached to any one chicken like that one. Jeff is a man's man, so he never got attached to his chickens. (laughs) He has no heart. My kids did. My son's, my eldest son, his was a goose, a brown African goose. They were buddies. That goose followed him everywhere. They really can become companion pets. And how can they get hangry? Chickens are carnivores and can get very hangry. And that was number nine. So I think that's a big misconception with um, people who are unfamiliar with raising chickens. They don't just eat grass and grain that you give them. They love to eat bugs and worms. And the moment you catch a chicken eating a mouse, your life will change forever. It's a little disturbing. I didn't catch one, but I know chickens will eat anything. I've caught chickens eating styrofoam. Oh, ours have done that too. And they're eating away at the styrofoam. It's like, huh? Dumb things. (laughs) Go back to eating mice. Mice are gross because mice are bigger. 
than like a worm. And so it, it takes them a minute to eat it. And once they, they like movement. So once one chicken gets a hold of a mouse, the other chickens will fight them for it. And then you see them pick it and they run off with it. It's gross. And they will eat it. And they'll sometimes go after some snakes too, I've seen. Um, that's more guineas than anything. But I have had my chickens go after a little gardener snake before. So just know they are carnivores and they like meat. And so typically too, when I do a roast or anything like in the crock pot and you save the leftovers, if there's any meat left on bones or just like scraps, I give that to the chickens because they love that. It's good for them. The extra protein is perfect for feather production and uh, just a healthy bird. So don't be alarmed. And this is why if your chickens get hurt and there's any blood, you need to take care of it immediately. Don't put it off because the other chickens will go after that one. Mm-hmm. Go after that red color, the, the blood, and it'll just tear it apart. Chickens getting hangry. So if you're ever late to doing your morning feeding or you shake that treat bag, it's that infamous treat run where they run from, you know, the far back corner of your yard all the way to you. And that kind of goes back to our entertaining thing. That makes me laugh every time. I don't care. It's funny watching chickens run, little T-Rexes running across your yard. So make sure you're bringing the good treats to the yard. And that takes us to the last point, number 10. Chicken math is a real problem. And you will become known for your chickens. I'm a living example. You are. (laughs) Jeff always is like, Kendra, are you getting more chickens this year? And I'll be like, nope, in the fall. No more chickens. I'm done doing chickens. And then spring will come around. I'll be like, hey, Jeff. Uh, I picked up my order of chickens today. (laughs) Actually, I just picked up an order today. I got my meat birds in. So uh, I'm done for the season. I got my two orders on my layers and my meats, and I'm calling it good for the season. Anybody want to hold me accountable? (laughs) Yeah, chicken math is a problem because you get some for your kids, for one kid, and the other kid wants some. Then the wife likes them, or the husband likes them, and the next thing you know, they're looking through the catalog, and they say, well, this one's pretty cool. Next thing you know, the three chickens becomes six chickens. Then it becomes 15. Then it becomes... Well, let's add some guineas because we got some ticks out in the yard. And so you get some guineas. Then you get turkeys for Thanksgiving. Then it just keeps adding. And then the cycle continues and you get more chickens. (laughs) That is definitely how I started, right? I had my three golden buffs. And then once you like chicken keeping and get into a routine, it's really easy to want to add new breeds and new egg colors. And once you start down that path, that is where chicken math really starts adding up. Well, I mean, you're out there every day anyway, feeding three chickens. What's another one or two? You know, it's just, it do, it's not any more work. And so the three chickens becomes a hundred. And then the more work is me making more podcast episodes to pay for my feed to keep feeding my chickens. Yeah. <laughs> With chickens, kind of like I mentioned before, you will become known for your chickens. So I feel like that's my family's default. Like Christmas time, when you go visit family and you're seeing your extended, you know, aunts and uncles and cousins, they always ask, still raising chickens? How many chickens do you have now? That's like the infamous question. And you're like, oh, about 120. (laughs) And then every year they see you, you know, chicken math. So, oh, now I have like 150. So it always becomes the question. Or they'll ask you questions of, hey, did you see that chicken that's on the news? 
And it's like, <laughs> and they'll start quizzing you about some chicken that they saw on the news that was weird or something. And you become the person that they go to with all their chicken questions. It's like, I just got chickens. I'm not, you know, I didn't watch the news for the chickens. Oh yeah. It doesn't matter how like your level of chicken education or how much, you know, you will become the expert. Ah, the joys of raising a backyard flock. Now, these are just a few of the many lessons your flock will teach you. Join our exclusive Facebook group, Inside the Coop, to share your lessons learned. And with that, we thank you for listening to The Coop. Be sure to subscribe, and if you'd be so kind, drop us a review. See you all next week. Bye.